You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Thursday, September 21st, and it's game day, Faithful, and I've got a busy day of content for you, starting your morning with this show right here, Thursday night football preview show with none other than Rob Stats Guerrera. How you doing today, Rob? Steph, I'm excited, baby. It's week three. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, it's the 49ers home opener. For all of you going to the game, it seems like the weather is going to be nice. It's going to be about 75 degrees around the start of the game, just under 70 degrees by the end. And I officially miss Bay Area weather. But uh, (laughs) that's neither here nor there. Me and Rob will be out there pretty soon for that week five game. I'm excited about that. But uh, yeah, we got a, a game to talk about today. First, let's look at the injury report for the 49ers um, because quite some notable ones on both sides here. Brandon Ayuk, as we know, is dealing with his shoulder injury. It's been described more as like a pain tolerance thing. And like regardless of how you feel about him playing on a short week this early in a long season, I think he is on the positive side of questionable, like just my opinion. I'm not a doctor. Uh, but he was limited in Tuesday's walkthrough session. Um, and you know, even if he's out as a decoy, uh, I think like there's, I I think he's going to be active for this one. What do you think, Rob? I think I agree with your assessment that he's trending in the right direction. You know, Shanahan said after the game that if they would have had practice in the first injury report, he wouldn't have gone and then he was limited. So like he's technically progressing on the right side of things through the week. I personally wouldn't play him, but considering he did finish the game, he played through the game last week and he's trending in the right direction. Now I agree with you that it looks like he'll be out there. Right, right. <clears throat> Technic Sheik says, uh, why did the thumbnail remind me of the ghost quote, Molly, you and danger girl? Uh, for me, I was going for the Simpsons uh, like meme or, or like standstill thing. It says I'm in danger and he's on the bus or something like that. So that's what I was going for. That was that's Daniel Jones going into this game. (laughs) We'll we'll talk more about that. Uh, But the other injury for the 49ers is Ambry Thomas. Jacina Anderson last night reported that he's expected to play. Um, I I would imagine that's he's expected to be active. But uh, I mean, I don't expect him to play because based on what we saw from Isaiah Oliver, Um, to end that game last week I would say he did enough to keep that spot and I would feel a whole lot more comfortable if you know they kept Lenore on the outside and Oliver again if he can play like the second half version of him last week I'd feel a lot better about that than having Ambry Thomas on the outside what do you think yeah I don't even know if I want Ambry Thomas to be active for this week he has really struggled they both struggled but you're right Oliver did make a few plays last week And you'd like to think that he can build off of that. This is a guy that Steve Wilkes really wanted in the offseason as a free agent target. He called him the best available nickel corner on the market. And he has struggled from the jump to the point where Kyle Shanahan flat out said he's not a guaranteed starter. And that's not something you usually hear about one of your choice free agent targets. So I hope he can build off of it. 
Steve Wilkes obviously saw something in him to want to bring him to San Francisco. So hopefully he plays and gets run and, you know, can just be competent. He doesn't have to be a pro bowler out there. Just be an NFL league average nickel cornerback. Yeah, I I sensed a lot of like passive aggressiveness anytime that like Kyle would talk about like the corner situation and what's going what's going on there. And yeah, I mean, he's probably not too happy about how Isaiah Oliver has fared up to this point. But again, based on what he did, he he made some big plays down the stretch there against that Rams game. We're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I would expect him to start at nickel. Um, but all right, on the Giants side, Saquon Barkley, the Giants uh, star running back, he was declared out dealing with that ankle injury. That's likely going to keep him out for a few weeks. So I thought it was, uh, you know, pretty amusing that DeBow tried to make it seem like he just might play for this game. He was declared out yesterday, um, as was their starting left tackle, Andrew Thomas, and their starting left guard, Ben Bredenson. So, whew, man, I think we should just dive right into what those injuries could mean for the Giants and their offensive line in this matchup. And I've got news for them. It's not good. Um, <laughs> Daniel Jones for one has a passer rating of 99.3 from a clean pocket. That's pretty good, right? Like that's admirable, but it drops down to 26.2 when he's under pressure. And again, like the the news that I have for him is he's going to be under pressure (laughs) quite a lot in this game through the first two weeks of the season. Daniel Jones has been pressured the third most sacked the second most and defenders have made contact with him the most in the NFL. He was pressured on 38% of his dropbacks and 10 sacks taken. Cowboys, who are, I would say, like just as much of a dominant defense as the 49ers probably, they forced 39 pressures and seven sacks um, in that week one game. That was an ugly game. And so I'm I'm expecting that we probably see the Giants look more like that version than the week two version. Uh, but even the week two version was just ugly. And I was watching that game on NFL Network. They replayed it yesterday. I don't know why I did this to myself. Both teams were terrible. <laughs> it was atrocious. Uh, they were having a mid-off. Um, but go- going back to the matchup for this defensive line, you add on the fact that they'll be without two starters on the left side of their offensive line, and you add the fact that they're playing Nick Bosa and company. And by the way, you add this fact too. Daniel Jones holds on to the football for too long. Last season, he had one of the slowest times to throw at 3.03 seconds. This season so far, he's ninth slowest at 2.92 seconds. That won't help him against this 49ers defense. Absolutely not. He could be in for a world of hurt, especially with Saquon being out also. You know, your running backs are key in pass protection, and now you're not even going to have that aspect of it. And so it could be rough for Daniel Jones and the Giants. What I want to see, though, is I need interior pass rush in this game because we know Bosa is going to pressure Daniel Jones. But if you don't get that interior pass rush, Jones is going to be able to escape. If you get Bosa coming off the edge and you get Hargrave and Armstead pushing up the middle, there's nowhere for Daniel Jones to go except out to Drake Jackson's side. And the one thing Drake Jackson is really good at, or one of the things I should say, is he's great against guys in space. He can separate from blocks. He can move. And he can run people down. He's incredibly athletic. So I think you're going to need that interior push from the middle of the defensive line. 
Yeah, and and we mentioned it with with Barkley being out, this will look like a slightly different team. Daniel Jones, you know, will probably look like a different quarterback as well. He has historically struggled without Barkley being out there. His quarterback rating drops by 11 points without Barkley. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think we'll also see plenty of Matt Breda tonight. Uh, you know, that name rings a bell. Maybe we get a revenge game. But I think it's more likely that we see the Giants deploy a, a committee at running back. So I'm not really worried about the run game, but as you mentioned, Rob, like I think it's a reason to be concerned. Daniel Jones ability to run. And when things break down, he does not hesitate. He has the second highest scramble rate in the NFL behind only Lamar Jackson. So he's, he's very uh, a trigger happy when it comes to, you know, running off with the football and Steve Wilkes has faced Daniel Jones as Carolina's defensive coordinator in week two of last season. Um, based on what I saw, I think that's the only time that Steve Wilkes and his defense has faced Daniel Jones. Um, and Jones had 21 rushing yards on four attempts in that game, which doesn't seem like a lot, right? Like you, you think 21 rushing yards, we can live with that. But the thing to keep in mind, all those four attempts went for a first down or they picked up a first down. So those are the things you have to be mindful of and you have to be cautious of. He did the same thing last week against the Arizona Cardinals, um, he had five runs, all picked up first downs, 59 total yards, a touchdown uh, on the ground as well. So that's what you got to be mindful of. It's not just about how many total yards are you allowing him to run. It's also about the situation and making sure, um, you know, he doesn't find a way to stay on the field with this offense. And, you know, I 100% expect that the Giants are going to, you know, try to get them out in space, try to get them running with the football because that might just be their best shot at, at moving the ball against this 49ers defense. Yeah, he's their best weapon right now with Saquon out. He's the most dangerous weapon on the field. He's going to get his rushing some of the time. He He's an incredible runner with the football, right up there with anybody you want to say. He's fast and he's big. That's a good combination for a running quarterback. So he's going to do it some of the time. But like you said, I think the first down, how many rushing first downs does he get might be the more critical number than just the raw yardage total. And that's why I think it's really important for the Niners to get up by two scores as fast as possible, because then you force him to have to pass more. And if you force Daniel Jones to have to pass more, you will get the football because his interception rate right now is almost 5% which is by far leading the league. And I know it's early. I know it's a small sample, but that's what I do if I'm Steve Wilkes. Make him a thrower as much as possible. Yeah, the Giants also have their new tight end in, in Darren Waller, who they signed uh, this offseason. Or was it via trade? I think it, yeah, I think it was via trade. Um, so he's, you know, contributed for them through these first two weeks. He has nine catches, 119 yards uh, through two weeks. Um, Nick Bosa said he had some great things to say, I think, about this matchup. I put one of the quotes up uh, earlier, but he also said, quote, if we can pressure him a lot and keep his completion percentage down, then we have a good chance. And to go along with that, the only times that Jones completed less than 60 percent of his attempts and won was back in 2020. And, and they just barely came away with a win there against the Bengals. So. To Bose's point, keep that completion percentage down for Jones, keep him in the pocket, and I think you know the rest will kind of sort itself out. But let's talk about the 49ers offense because you mentioned, Rob, like in, they got to score early and, and get a lead here. And I do expect that the 49ers offense should have a really good day on this one. 
through the first two weeks of the season, I think it all starts with Christian McCaffrey, right? Like he's been a beast through these first two weeks. He has uh, 39.3% of the 49ers total scrimmage yards through these first two weeks. And look, I, I do also expect that we'll see some Elijah Mitchell mixed in. I know a lot of people have brought up the fact that you know, McCaffrey, he's he's been out there a lot. And so uh, I don't blame Kyle for that. But on a short week after, you know, what was a volume heavy day for him just a few days ago on Sunday, um, I think it would be smart to bring in some Elijah Mitchell. And, you know, maybe Mitchell was still working back from that injury, right? It was a groin injury for him. Same thing that Kittle was dealing with. Kittle's also been kind of quiet through these first two weeks. So maybe now they're feeling like, okay, maybe those guys are a little closer to 100%. But the reason that I think both McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell are going to be important in this one, the Giants are 26th in rushing yards allowed per game so far this year. They're allowing an average of 136.5 yards per game. 4.6 yards per attempt. If we know anything about this running game of the 49ers, they're going to eat that up. I hope so. Cause that's the easiest path to victory. Put in Christian McCaffrey. If you could like the perfect script is like put in McCaffrey, drive down the field, first possession, get a touchdown. Then you can really spell Elijah Mitchell. And by the way, it's not like, you know, Elijah Mitchell is some stiff, right? Some terrible guy that, Oh, you just have to rest McCaffrey. Like, no, he's really good. I know there's a drop off because McCaffrey is incredible, but you're not, you still have a really good runner there. They could play if McCaffrey had to, or uh, if Mitchell had to just start in this game and play, like the 49ers rushing attack would be just fine. So hopefully you can get McCaffrey in, build a lead, then give him a little bit of a break, put in Mitchell, put in Jordan Mason, and just grind these guys down. Because there's just one thing we know about Kyle if Kyle can run on you, he will press until it hurts. He will run it to death. And so hopefully bully ball, baby, it's bully yes. ball. like your and podcast on Tuesdays <laughs> on around, uh, you know, 7am, sometimes 8am Pacific every Tuesday Tune tune into that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think both of these guys are going to be huge for this game. And like, because so much attention goes to McCaffrey and all this game planning is centered around McCaffrey, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, I think like when Elijah Mitchell goes in, I, at least like when we saw them both in the games it, and it wasn't too much that we saw them both healthy in one game. Right. But, uh, you know, I think that teams kind of forget how good Elijah Mitchell is and he's no slouch. Like he, he can make you pay for it as well. So like if any defense is going into it and thinking, Oh, okay, it's not McCaffrey. We can, we can ease up a little bit here. No, they're wrong. Um, because also the, the blocking for this team up front has been incredible. Um, as we know, the receivers are also really good at blocking. We've seen that through two weeks. So McCaffrey, he has uh, 200 yards after contact just outside the tackles in his first two weeks of the season. That's 86 more yards than any other player uh, so far. So, yeah, I expect McCaffrey to have a big game, but also if Elijah Mitchell gets mixed in, he's going to have a big game as well. Now, as for Brock Purdy, I think he bounces back in a major way. And, like, look, I don't think he had that bad of a game on Sunday. So, you know, maybe bouncing back is, you know, too strong of a phrase there. But I think he's he's going to have a really good game in this one. And this is a good matchup to do it. Um, because the Giants don't have any sacks <laughs> yet this season. And this is despite them blitzing more than any other team in the NFL. Since the start of 2022, they've blitzed. of the time. 
And that shouldn't be a concern for Brock Purdy because he's the only quarterback that has a, or the only quarterback that has a quarterback rating higher um, than him against the Blitz is Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty good, right? So yeah, Brock has a 84.2 QBR against the Blitz dating back to last year. So, and I think that goes back to Brock being so cool, calm, and collected. He knows where his guys are, uh, what routes they're running, the timing of everything. He has really great sense for all of those things. And so I think when you know he gets pressure in his face, blitzes, guys like that, um, you know, I think he knows where to go with the football and he can get rid of it quickly. So I, I think this is going to be fine for him. And seventh lowest completion percentage allowed is what the, the Giants have been allowing this year, which is actually kind of surprising. Um, they've also allowed the least amount of passing touchdowns through the first two weeks. So, you know, maybe, again, this goes back to the running game, maybe being important to, to get you down the field. But I was just curious. I looked at how many yards uh, they're allowing quarterbacks to throw um you know on each attempt and they're 28th in opponent yards per completion an average of 10.9 yards allowed on every throw and what have we learned about Brock Purdy in his career he's nails throwing between 10 to 19 yards so you know if Purdy has to pick up a first down you know I think he should be able to do it against this Giants defense the weird thing about Brock Purdy, he does not throw for a lot of yards. Do you know in his career, he throws for 163 yards per game? Now, some of that's because the Niners are so good at running the ball, but also like he just he doesn't really generally put up that many yards. But I think he is going to bounce back in this one. I think he's going to benefit from the fact that for the first time this season, the 49ers are not facing you know, a cream of the crop, a plus plus pass rusher in week one, it was TJ Watt in week two. It was Aaron Donald. The giants have some good defensive linemen up front. Then Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, but they're not TJ Watt, Aaron Donald level. And so I think there's just going to be a more, an element of, you know, exhale a little bit. Like, let's just, you know, relax just a little bit more. Maybe Colton McKivitz isn't going to get beat on every single rep. And I think he's going to have a bounce back game. I predict he'll have at least one touchdown pass. He may even have one running as well. Um, and again, like we've, like we've been saying all week, last week was not a bad game. It was just his arguably worst game. And I think he'll be fine this week. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you were to ask me who would be an X factor in this game, I'm, I'm kind of looking at someone who people maybe are forgetting about. And I, I mentioned him earlier, he's been quiet through two games. And to me, that's when you know, he's about to break free. And that is George Kittle. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm wearing my George Kittle shirt today. So yeah. I am, I am manifesting this. All right. <laughs> and uh, you know, Jay also brought it up, uh, you know, early this week on Bully Ball. Another shameless plug for our Tuesday show. Make sure you guys tune in. But uh, no, I mean, he mentioned the fact that, you know, Kittle has had historically some pretty good games on Thursday night football. Um, and I'll, I'm putting his Thursday night football stats up on the screen. But uh, the Giants defense gave up 88 yards last week to Zach Ertz and Trey McBride. Uh, look, we saw Ayuk score twice in week one. Debo had that rushing score in week two. Maybe Brandon Ayuk is now 100% in this game. Um, 
I want Kittle in this one. I think it's his turn this week. And yeah, Kittle has had those nice Thursday night football games last year against Seattle in December. Uh, he had 93 yards, two touchdowns. So I'm, I'm really hoping and, and thinking this could be a Kittle game. He always has those like one to three games a year where he goes absolutely berserk and yeah. just wins you your fantasy week and just goes crazy. I definitely think this could be one of those games, especially if IU doesn't play. And I always say this, and it's so frustrating. Blocking is the second best thing George Kittle does. He's an incredible receiving tight end. And because of what I mentioned earlier, the fact that the Giants don't have that elite pass rusher, I think that's going to free George Kittle up a little more than he has been in the first two weeks to run some more routes, potentially get open. I mean, this is a guy that can win games for you by himself, let alone all the guys he's surrounded by. Let's take George Kittle out of the packaging. Let's use him, make him earn some of that incredible contract that he has. And let's put the Giants away early. Get up early and just bludgeon these people. And then the Niners will have three wins in the season's first 15 days. You know, I, I think they could do it. A lot of people have been talking about like this being potentially a trap game. And I think just by virtue of it being on Thursday night football, like I think that's the trap game in itself. Not so much like us going up against the giants, you know, I, sorry, I just don't respect the giants like that to be, to be too worried about this matchup, especially without Saquon Barkley, right? Maybe, maybe if Barkley was there, it'd be a different story, but what I've seen from the giants through two weeks, like they, they look like a, bad football team and again like I I look more closely at how the Giants looked against the Cowboys because I feel like the Cowboys are in a tier you know similar or very close to the 49ers right their defense um, and particularly their pass rush has performed better than the 49ers through these first two weeks so looking at that week one game I mean the Cowboys won that one based on their special teams and their defense. And it was suffocating. I turned that game off. Like it, it didn't take long either because the Cowboys just went up so quickly in that game and the Giants had no chance after that pretty much. So I, I do expect that, you know, the 49ers should get up early. I almost feel like because that game on Sunday against the Rams was a little bit tougher than expected. Yep. They kind of got that out of the way. Like they're not going to go into this game like messing around or, you know, thinking that thinking that they're going to beat this team. Like it's almost like you can't you can't think that you're too good of a team going into it. You have to play your best football uh, going into it. You have to believe there's there's a chance this team could could uh, score some points on us. There's a chance this team could beat us. We got to put our best foot forward. And so I think based on how the Rams game went, how close that game was, I don't think they're going to mess around in this Thursday night game. Particularly the defense, right? Steve Wilkes had a great quote this week. He said, once I got a feel for the game, I adjusted in the second half and they shut the Rams down. And this is something that Kyle Posey brought up with me yesterday. Um, you know, Steve Wilkes is still kind of learning this defense and learning the yeah. players. He's not running his system. He's running the 49ers system. He's learning how the players operate in that system and what they do best. And I almost wonder if last week for Wilkes was like, look, we are not a sit back and zone kind of team. Like we are a get up on receivers, pressure them. Don't give them free releases to give our pass rush more time to get home. And then they did that last week and it was great in the second half against the Rams. So I almost wonder if maybe Wilkes learned a little something last week and this week he's going to be like, all right, screw it. 
let's just go out and we're going to press these guys. We don't have to worry about any of the Giants receivers. They're not very scary. And let's just eat them up. And I hope that's what they do. I hope the defense suffocates the Giants tonight. Yeah, I think so, too. And, okay, going back to Daniel Jones really quickly and, you know, this being a primetime game under the bright lights, he hasn't been so hot in, in primetime games. He's he's 1-10 in 10 as a starter in primetime. His most recent loss, that week one game against the Cowboys, Monday Night Football, that was ugly. So I, I think, uh, you know, taking care of the football is going to be key for both sides. I mean, but obviously the 49ers have the advantage there, and I think that's where you can break down this Giants offense. The 49ers, on average, uh, just – 0.5 giveaways per game. Uh, so they're in the top 10 there. They take care of the football. That's good. The Giants have averaged a perfect two giveaways per game. So, <laughs> and and guess how many giveaways, or sorry, takeaways, the 49ers have been averaging per game? That would be two. That would be two, yeah. So the, the Giants defense has zero takeaways through two games. That's another thing to, to be mindful of in this one. And like they're they're just not making any momentum shifting plays through two weeks. And that's why I think the 49ers will beat them in a demoralizing fashion. Um, they should, right? Like the and my score prediction in this one is 33-10. Maybe, maybe 33-13 if if uh the ball pulls a Sean McVay. <laughs> well, I do think that we're that still pisses me off. I do think we're going to see a kitchen sink game from Brian Dable. I think he's going to go reverse, double reverse, double pass, maybe try a Philly special to get Daniel Jones a reception. Like, I think he knows we can't beat the 49ers if we just go about this conventionally. We have to maybe a fake on special teams, fake field goal, fake punt, that kind of a thing. I think he knows they've got to pull out all the stops because they're just, especially with the, the starters that they're going to be missing in this one, they don't have a chance, really, if they try to do it any other way. Yeah, and shout out to Gammon for the donation. He says, I don't like to overlook opponents or look down on individuals. However, comma, um, <laughs> maybe you were voice dictating there. However, 49ers historically play lights out in primetime games. It's a home opener to boot. If anyone mm-hmm. thinks the Giants win are nuttier than squirrel poop. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it it's fine for me, Rob, you, all, all of us here listening to underestimate the Giants because we're not playing against them. <laughs> you know, we can we can talk crap all day. It's not going to really come back to do anything to us. But the 49ers, like, as I was just saying, like, they they have to respect the Giants. You know, when you play them on the field, you can't get cute. You can't you can't just assume just because we're the better team, we're going to win this game because that's not how the NFL works. You still have to you still have to play well. So, I mean, I, I really don't think the 49ers are going to overlook the Giants. And, and for that reason, yeah, they're going to stomp them, I think. And the whole world's going to be watching. I think the defense is going to want to play better than they did last week because they started slow. And I think Brock is going to want to play better. So I don't, you know, I think that both there's motivation on both sides of the ball for the 49ers. And can I just say this, please? Anyone on special teams, Ray, Ray McLeod, I'm looking right at you. Hold on to the goddamn ball, please. Because that's the equalizer, right? You muff punts, you fumble kickoff returns, you set the other team up in their own, you know, in their red zone. That's how a bad team can beat a good team. So please, 
call fair catches, whatever you got to do. Just hang on to the damn ball. Kyle just needs to play the uh, Kyle Williams uh, muff, right. muff punt uh, video and they'll learn, <laughs> they'll learn their lesson. I, that, that play still lives uh, rent free in my head, that whole game. But um, <laughs> yeah, I remember Rob, it well. Yeah, me too. Too well. Uh, Rob, do you have any uh, predictions, score predictions for this one? Yeah, I think the Niners, I mean, Brock Purdy has only ever failed to put up 30 points in one start in his career. And it was a Thursday game in Seattle with broken ribs where they didn't even know if he was going to be able to throw a half hour before the game. So until that streak kind of ends, I'm going with the Niners scoring 30 again. Give me San Francisco 33, 13. I'll go 33, 13. That was, think, that was really close to mine because I said 33-10, but if he pulls a McVeigh, it's going to be 33-13. I uh, think they're going to whoop him. Maybe the Giants yeah. can go down the field on the opening drive and steal a field goal, but I just no. – Between no. Daniel Jones under pressure, between the Niners' defense wanting to just suffocate people, between Daniel Jones potentially turning the ball over, I just – I don't see how the Giants are going to score enough against this offense for the Niners, which I think, like I said, I think Brock is going to be on a little like, all right, everybody's saying I had a bad game. Now I'm in prime time and I'm going to dice these fools up. He's going to be focused and I I can't wait. It's going to be vintage Brock. (laughs) Let me ask you a question, vintage Brock, after what, nine games. Do you (laughs) think uh, Brock's going to take a couple deep shots? Because he seemed a little ticked off to me at the questions about the deep ball. And I almost wonder if, you know, because he's got a little of that, like, screw you type in him. Like, yeah. oh, was that Patrick Peterson on the set? Like, he knew. So do you think he takes a couple deep shots tonight? Look, I think the questions as far as, like, the deep shots go were fair. I mean, he knows it. He knows he was going to get questioned about it. And I liked his answers in regards to it. Um, I, I, so I was, I've been thinking about this. And I hope he doesn't force the deep shots mm-hmm. because that's what you don't want you know like let them come to you if it's there it's there there there's no reason to force it how many deep shots have we even seen brock attempt three <laughs> <laughs> yeah right and in, in like one game pretty much so yeah. so like i i kind of don't i don't expect it to to be there in this game just because like it wasn't something he attempted a whole lot you know before that game so I, I think he'll hit it eventually and, you know, he, he's going to have his, you know, revenge or whatever you want to call it. He'll have that moment eventually, but I don't think forcing it is the right way to go about it. So I hope yeah, not. I agree with you there. I mean, look, we know that Kyle can dial him up if he wants to, but like the question is like, do you really need to, would you rather take a deep ball shot with Brock, which maybe it's not as reliable would you have him throw between 10 and 20 yards where he's basically a damn surgeon out there and you're still going to get, you know, five, 10, maybe 15 yards after the catch anyway. So the yardage is, you know, could arguably be the same though. I I just don't think you need to overextend yourself in that way. I just, it struck me because I felt like he was a little, like a little annoyed by some of the questions. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he was, I think he was more annoyed by the fact he didn't hit them. Like, that that was more annoying to him than hit him getting asked about it. He knew he'd get asked about it. He can he can take criticism and I think like people questioning him, but I he looked he looked pissed off on the field when he missed them too. I mean, he knows he should have hit those. Um Technic Sheik asked, would you consider the two touchdown passes against the Bucks last year to be deep shots? Um 
I don't remember how many yards that was. So he had the yeah, the one to McCaffrey was definitely McCaffrey. That was twenty-seven yards, and then, and then he, he had, had Ayuk, right thirty-two yards deep shots. Um, they're not as deep as I in my head. They're deeper. When you yeah, said I know. Like, like it, it, it's it's not about how many yards. It's about feel. <laughs> <laughs> like if I if I feel that it's deep, then it it it's deep. So no, I mean I, the attempts this past week on Sunday, like how how many yards would that would have been for? I don't. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know off the top of my they head. They seemed they seemed deep. They were deeper. They were deeper. So right. it's not that he can't hit them. Like, yeah, I mean, 32 yards, that's that's a respect respectable amount. And right. you know, it's he's not like it was an 80-yard bomb. Yeah, no, I don't think we'll ever really see that from Brock, but <laughs> no, yeah, I don't think so. so. But they don't need it. They don't need they don't. it. Just do what you do, and this Giants team should be just you know, fodder for you. I don't care that they made the playoffs last year. I, I was never high on the giants. I just have no respect for them. I don't, I don't have respect for them as a football team. I don't have respect for their quarterback. The fact, the fact that they are paying Daniel Jones, $40 million is insane to me. Like that is the worst. I would have been furious if I was a giant fan, $40 million for that. The dude has only ever had one year in his career with more touchdown passes than starts. Then they only play 17 games. So, that ain't worth forty million to me. But Brian DeBall's gonna unlock him, and he's gonna take a step forward this year. Yeah, great. I'll say this. I'll say this about Daniel Jones because when I watched that game against the Cardinals, um, he he does try some deep shots. He does. So he is aggressive. He's more aggressive than Brock Purdy is. So I think on the back end, the 49ers just again, like we said, they have to be mindful of his running, but also, you know, when he takes those deep shots intercept the ball or you know just bat it down because he is going to try them so they'll be there this game oh all right no flags boys yeah no flags please no flags all right like i I think that's the the show for today i mean i think we've pretty much covered everything like i i really didn't have too many like bad matchups to preview for this game like I, I don't know like maybe i'm just i don't know too much about the giants but i i looked at you know some of their rankings and all that and i i spoke about some of the things but yeah i think the the 49ers have all of the advantage here so yeah i think they're gonna come away with it but all you guys who tuned in thank thank you for tuning in i know it's early uh so i appreciate it make sure you like this video make sure you subscribe to the channel and like i said it's a busy day for all of us i have the two goats show later with mariah happening before the game and then for post game i'll be joined by akash right here on my channel so be sure to tune into those subscribe to gold standard network on youtube as well to stay up on all of rob's content yeah look at him he's excited um <laughs> new shows every day of the week he's gonna have a post game show as well his channel is linked in the description if you guys are going to the game tonight have fun be safe uh but if you're watching on tv have fun be safe <laughs> and, and have a good rest of your Thursday night, folks. Peace.